You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz, and along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. It is August 18th, 2016, and we are in the midst of the hot, humid summer here. Thank God, Congress had a session, Supreme Court had a session. Lower courts are still screwing around with us and destroying our Constitution, but generally it's been pretty quiet on the home front. You know, we've tried to have an honest discussion the last couple of weeks about the crisis of conscience that conservatives face, the false choices, this binary nonsense that we're just trapped in this in this system where we don't have a vehicle that could actually promote our values, our views. It's all, you know, a last-ditch argument over the lesser of two evils, the evil of two lessers. So we, we've tried to focus on what we can do. You know, the clean decisions we can make down the ballot, focusing on states, focusing on issues, focusing on how to reform the courts. You know, I've been honored by the the response that so many of you have uh, have given to my book, Stolen Sovereignty. It's still available at a good price at Amazon.com. That's something you could be proud of, <laughs> if I do say so myself. That's something that we need to fight for um, no matter what the outcome of this election is in November. Um, as always, sign up for LevinTV.com, the only sane man on television at this point. Um, and, and then, you know, look, I, I don't know if some of you heard me on Steve Dace last night, our, our buddy, our partner here at Conservative Review. I know many of you are big fans of his. I, I made a comment last night when he asked me, why is it that all these organizations, you know, I'm sure many of you have had many websites or columnists or people that you trusted and then they just they just go nuts on you they, they just start saying weird things go all over the place and you know talk about breitbart i mean whatever is going on there they're all of a sudden promoting the homosexual agenda where did that come from and what i told him is you follow the money there is no money in the constitution that's the problem I and mean, this is what we're up against so there's always some ulterior motive people get driven into the latest fad because there's money behind it there's donors behind it and you know we wanted to start here at conservative review a place where we could be proud of where no matter what we're always consistent on the issues and i want to talk a little bit more about that as it relates to trump and some of the things he's been saying some of what's been going on and and you know where where some of our commentary fits in where mark levin fits in but you know, this is this is why we need sponsors, and we're proud to be be a sponsor with Levin TV. We're proud also to be a sponsor with Patriot Mobile. I'm I'm telling you guys, I'm really excited about this. My wife and I just got our phones. We had a um, 5G. We're we're uh, you know back in the stone stone age. Now we're uh, we got our nice 6GS phones from. Patriot Mobile. Go to PatriotMobile.com. Sign up for your plan. Up to 5% of your 
of, of your uh, fee, monthly fee, will be donated to a conservative group of your choice. You can see at the top of their website, their sponsors. Um, I'm telling you, every other provider gives money either to Planned Parenthood, some left-wing cause. This is another way you could vote and actually be proud of your vote, where I know many of you won't be proud of your vote for Republicans in November, but you could be proud of voting with your feet, voting with your pocketbook. Um, again, use also please remember, use promo code DANIEL. Um, just mention that they'll waive the, the, I believe, $36 activation fee, competitive rates. Um, look, if you live in a real rural area with absolutely no liberals, you might have uh, a problem with, with uh, reception, but that's the case with almost every uh, carrier. Patriot Mobile gives you everything you need, and you could keep a clean conscience. And that that's my goal. <laughs> that's our goal here at Conservative Review, to spend the next couple months not banging our head against the wall, not promoting things that we never believed in just to satisfy the latest cult, I'm not spending our time saying how all the polls are rigged and all the problem is because of the liberal media. They're, they're certainly biased and have a double standard. Uh, we got to clean up our own house. We got to create a movement that we're proud of. But, you know, for our purposes today, I want to discuss, okay, you know, as I mentioned, we, we kind of beat around the bush for a while. All right, what about this presidential election? What is the horse race? For those of you interested in my two cents, we've tried to talk about everything else because this is such a dumpster fire. Um, what about it? And I, I want to point out, for, the, for, for our purposes today, why the messenger matters even more than the message. The vessel matters. Let's start off by doing a, a typical Daniel juxtaposition here. Why is it on the one hand... You take polling on any given issue. Obamacare is so unpopular. You look at the refugee issue. You see what's going on in Europe. You can't miss it. Even your average liberal who buys into some of the economic socialism, buys into some of the hedonism, nobody wants to bring Europe's predicament to America. Nobody wants it. That's bipartisan. Um, there's a great Hill article we're, we're, we're going to link to in the show notes that nobody wants Syrian refugees. The polling is devastating on the issue for the Democrats. Yet, at the same time, Trump, the polling for him is devastating. And just so you guys know, I, I have you know a lot of campaign experience just in addition to working on policy, legislative stuff. So I have a good degree of political experience. I followed the polls wire to wire in the 2008 election, 2012 election. I've never seen anything like this. Romney won, uh, lost pretty handily. Uh, McCain got crushed in a near landslide, and yet never was the polling this bad for either one of them on a single day. Let's go back to John McCain, 2008. I mean, you had the financial collapse on the helm of, of a GOP incumbent. I mean, they were done. People were sick of Bush, wanted to change. Obama was a much better campaigner than Hillary, much more popular. His favorabilities were always higher. Um, Hillary's in the hole, obviously. And yet, Trump, it, don't don't look at the, the national polls. The top line national polls are kind of just, you know, misleading. Down eight, down nine, down 10, 12. You know, it sounds not so insurmountable. You know, you see Senate races that swing back and forth 10 points. That does not, that that's a big deal in, in the current electorate. That That is entrenched. That's a very, that's, that's different. 
The reason why it's a problem is you look at the state polling, which is more accurate. We, we learned that in the 2012 election. This guy is tied in Missouri. He's losing Arizona. He's tied or losing in Georgia. I mean, we're done. <laughs> I mean, the question is, how much longer, if your goal is, everyone's telling me, Daniel, shut up. We need to beat Hillary. I agree. I want to beat her. Get on the field and play. The guy has run fewer ads than Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate. He's not running ads. He's not running a campaign. He's doing nothing. The, 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 the messenger, the vessel matters. But at Conservative Review, we're not about a cult of personalities. You know, we got accused and Mark Levin, you know, last year of being in the tank for Trump because we were defending him on immigration. He came out, spoke the truth on immigration. Um, birthright citizenship was a big issue. It, it's a big part of my book. Um, and, you know, when he was on message, we were praising the message, not so much the person. We always knew he was kind of capricious all over the place and had major character problems. But, um, you know, then when he started saying liberal things, outlandish things, planting stories about Cruz cheating with five women and praising the National Enquirer, and, you know, then we went after him. The reason I bring this up is because this week, you notice I wrote an article, and Mark Levin also on the air praised, he mentioned my article, you know, praising Trump's speech that he gave on national security, immigration, he gave another good one on law and order. This is the problem many of us have had. There's no person in this space, in this field that has been more prolific in writing than I have been on immigration, on law and order, sovereignty, security. And look, I I, I was so happy that, that, that his staff put this message on the teleprompter and it was great. And I wish, I hope he keeps it up. I hope he runs ads and actually spends money highlighting these issues, hitting Hillary on becoming America's Angela Merkel endangering our sovereignty, endangering our security. I think it's a winner. The problem is, and this is why there's a disconnect between the issues and, and the polling about Trump, is because the person matters. The messenger matters. You know, let's say you have two candidates. One candidate has terrorists on speed dial, virtually. But, you know, it's not so evident. It's not so public. And you got to litigate that case. you got to make that case against the person. And then the opponent is a guy that gets up there on national TV, buck naked, just takes his clothes off. Now, the guy can get up there and give a speech, half naked, um, saying some good stuff on immigration that we agree with. <laughs> but, and, and, and look, maybe people like us will understand intellectually that when offered the choice between the guy who's a clown and someone who has terrorists on speed dial, well, you know, we can't have the person with terrorists on speed dial. But at the same time, you have to understand that your average person will be focused on the clown show. And that will forever taint not just the person, but even the message. The message matters. I mean, I have a, I have a lot of friends that worked in, on immigration policy on sovereignty for a number of years, and they're very excited by finally hearing a candidate give voice to this. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword. When you have a candidate that's an utter, utter freak show, it hurts the message. And this is kind of the crisis many of us are with. We don't know what to do. Um, on the one hand, we're like, hey, Donald, you got back on message. We need more of this. Just today, you know, we're recording here on a Thursday. Some of you will hear it on Friday, Saturday. But, uh, you know, news comes out that he says we have to give Hillary the benefit of the doubt on the Clinton Foundation. I mean, dude, do you want to win? 
The, the Clinton Foundation stands at the nexus of the argument against her that for political gain for her personal um, it, 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 ties to Saudi Arabia, all these groups, that has colored her, her disastrous foreign policy. How do you trust the presidency to someone like that? That's a powerful head. This guy doesn't want to take the punch, uh, make the punch, deliver the punch. I mean, this is the problem. I mean, we've already thrown out two legs of the stool, of the Reagan stool. We've noted that a lot. You know, society, values, God, liberty, the Constitution, free markets, limited government, the debt, spending, entitlements. Okay, that's gone. But, you know, I've certainly been someone who's very strong on the security, sovereignty, immigration leg of the stool. So, all right, at least he's good on that. But we're, we're giving up a lot. We are giving up a lot. You know, this is a man who says he's never asked God for forgiveness. I mean, that that's not just, oh, hang up. Uh, you know, that's a big problem. But nonetheless, I agree. I want Hillary to lose. But that's the problem. The man refuses to run a campaign. Um, you know, A, you have all the gratuitous problems. So again, you'll see you have a guy who gets up there, says a couple of good things, and then after every speech that is, you know, campaign rights... Five minutes later, he just flatulates, just lets it rip. I mean, that's going to define him. Everyone's going to focus on that. And it's going to make the message seem silly, too. The messenger matters. I don't know why so many of our people don't see this. And my question is, at what point, if your goal really is to beat Hillary at all costs, you know, again, we were told a couple months ago, you got to get on board here because at the end of the day, he's the nominee. It's the only choice. And we, um, we're going to die if Hillary wins. We got to defeat Hillary. All right, we got to defeat Hillary. So let me ask you this. If you have a guy that is losing 40 states, if you have a guy that is losing demographics that even Bob Dole, even you know John McCain did not lose, not by a long shot, losing white college voters. I mean, you can't win. He's losing the suburbs. He's getting crushed, losing the Catholic vote by 15, 20 points. I mean, this is terminal. Terminal. At what point would you say, if you really care about the country and about defeating Hillary, wouldn't you ask the guy to step aside? Let me put it this way. If Democrats had a candidate that this early on was, here's the equivalent. Let me just give you a mirror image of what, what it would look like on the Democrat side. It would look like this. You're losing every swing state. So, you know, Florida, Ohio, Virginia, Colorado, Iowa. You're losing these states by double digits. In addition, you're you're losing Michigan. Republicans are ahead in Wisconsin. They're ahead in Pennsylvania. They are tied in Oregon, Washington, and Minnesota. And you know what? Even California and New York... Democrats are up by only single digits. Okay? And let's go to the demographics. Not only would Republicans be crushing, blowing it out with every white demographic, but, you know, they'd be leading among white women, tied among white um, unmarried women. They'd be winning 30, 35% of the black vote, 45, 50% of the Hispanic vote. Okay? Do you think for one minute the Democrats would allow that to stand and wouldn't swap that candidate out and pull a Bob Torricelli? You know, when you had that Senate candidate about a decade ago in New Jersey that was a sure loser early on, they're like, we're not going on a suicide mission. 
But yet we basically have a guy that has hijacked a plane, locked the, um, you know, the cockpit, the doors to the cockpit, and is just full speed running the plane into the ground. And meanwhile, he's doing a couple of things we like. But the problem is he's still running it to the ground. And not only is that a sure loser, you're actually hurting our issues. Again, nobody has more credibility on these issues than I than I do. I understand you have some of the never Trump crowd um, that's, you know, they're part of the problem. They're what, you know, again, it's this push-pull. We've spoken about this a lot, the false choices. This Evan McMullen guy, the guy that's running as an independent against him, he's an amnesty guy. He's a thumb-sucking intelligentsia guy. I mean, could we freaking have normalcy, the Constitution? Could we have neither? But this this is where we're at. When, when there's no money in the Constitution, everyone needs to you know, hitch their wagon to some sort of vehicle that's being supported now. Well, man, I'm either an intelligentsia guy or, oh, well, that failed. Now I'm alt-right. I'm alt-right. Alt-right. It's funny, uh, you know, just to digress a little bit here, I'm watching so many people, um, you know, at Conservative Review, we were here for every single legislative battle. I, I was honored to use everything in my influence, both just personal relationships with members, trying to convince them privately, my public writing, speaking, um, to blow up legislation, blow up bad budget bills, blow up amnesty. I fought every single immigration battle. I was even involved in the 2006-2007 amnesty fight. I sure as hell don't remember these people. It's funny. I mean, there's a great article we'll link up in the show notes from The Federalist, about Trump's new campaign manager. I mean, she wrote polling memos and uh, you know political advice for Zuckerberg's amnesty group. I mean, dude, where were these people? So you know, you know, there are certain radio show hosts that the minute we lost the 2014 election, they're saying, "Man, I don't know. We need comprehensive immigration reform." And then suddenly now they're they're like alt right, throw out every single Muslim in the country. Like, you know, I mean, including U.S. citizens. This is the problem. There's no modulation. There's no consistent grounding. Mark Levin was the most hardcore radio show host on immigration his entire career. And he has never changed. He doesn't go off the rails and now promote something unconstitutional. He's the same as he was. And that's the thing. When Trump says the right thing, we say it's a good message. But again, it gets back to the ultimate thing. There are times when the vessel is so flawed now, there's two things with Trump. It's not just that the vessel is flawed. It's that he is not running a campaign. What, what we have now is analogous to you know a football game where you have one team that just doesn't get on the field. And then you know some of the spectators say, hey, guys, you, know, you ought to get on the field. And they say, shut up. Do you want the other side to win? <laughs> I mean, that's how I kind of feel like, well, no, actually, that's the point. Um, and and you know, I, I want to make one final point here. You know, Trump's not running a campaign. He's not. He's no infrastructure, which is a big problem, by the way, for early voting. You know, as much as we hate early voting, I think it's unconstitutional, but it's a reality now, and you got to compete in it. And the Democrats are killing us. If you don't have a ground game in the three weeks, some states have two, three, four weeks of early voting, critical states as well. I mean, Ohio, I know, has it. Colorado has it. You better be on the ground there. He doesn't have a ground game. He's not running ads. I mean, Hillary is pounding away $80 million worth. Trump says he's raised over almost $100 million. What, what happened with the money? So where this comes from, and Trump has said this himself, he believes that, look, 
I, I won the primary by doing this reality TV show, just playing a media game from Trump Tower and then coming out of my media, my Trump Tower once in a while and holding massive rallies. It worked for me then. It will work for me in the general election. Well, we're seeing that's not the case. There's a simple reason it's not working. There's a simple reason. And again, it gets back to the, the messenger. You live by the media in the, in the primary. You die by the media in the general. You live by the freak show reality TV show in the primary. You die by it in the general. Let's go back and just review very briefly how he won the primary. It, it, it's no enigma. It's not, it's not a big deal to you know, figure it out. Primaries are about name recognition. I say that all the time. right? General elections, everyone knows the two parties have legitimacy. Every presidential candidate is going to have full name ID. You know, Then it, it matters how well of a campaign you run. With primaries, it's all name ID. So you have a bunch of, you know, senators and governors that outside of their states, most people never heard of them. And then you have the men that held a reality TV show for years on primetime, um, kind of embodying the epitome of success. And, it, you know, first, also first impressions matter. And the first things he was saying were good. I mean, I never trusted the guy because I kind of knew his background. But, you know, he was saying on immigration, you know, America is not a, a we're either a country or not. It's not a, a dumping ground. And people are like, yeah, come on, preach it, man. This is this is what we want to hear. Um, but nonetheless, he had all the liberal stuff, all the just the per character flaws. And he wasn't doing well. I mean, he was underwater historically among Republican voters. But the difference was that name ID mattered. And in a field split among 16 people, the endless, I mean, he had billions of dollars. If you had a bar graph comparing him to everyone else, he blew them out by a measure of thousands in terms of um, media coverage. So that bought him an automatic, even, even though the, I know a lot of you are going to say, what do you mean? But the media hated him. Yeah, even though at the beginning, a lot of it was negative coverage, but that bought him 20 to 30%. Now the rest hated him. But again, that was enough to get him where he needed to at each point. What you had over time was diminishing as the field winnowed and he needed a higher threshold to win. I, I, I mean, you see the divine providence or judgment, whatever you want to call it here. It really played to his advantage here. As the field winnowed, the um, media coverage got better. And particularly, and this is important, Fox News was in the tank for him. Especially when they realized that Cruz was the major opponent. And look, now you see Roger, Roger Ailes joined his campaign. Rupert Murdoch loved him for years. They had a relationship. He, he hated Cruz. They destroyed Cruz. So the media was with him, and the media that matters in particularly is Fox News. I've seen analytics, and Fox News is, has a devastating effect on Republican voters. I mean, that's what they all see. That's what they all listen to. You throw on Breitbart and Drudge, and you got it made. Again, still, half the primary voters couldn't stand him. Historical you know, negatives, and you're seeing that play out. It's haunting him now. But it was enough to get him to the point um, where he's the last man standing, and once the only guy was Cruz, well, not just Fox, but the mainstream media actually was pro-Trump, if you remember. Um, nowhere is this kind of more evident than with Joe Scarborough with MSNBC. I mean, he himself said he was in the tank for him. And now, of course, as we predicted, come the general election, <laughs> you know, he changed. You live by the media, you die by the media. And, and that's the thing. So he was able to get it across. He, he won that victory. And he was like, man, I, I barely ran ads. It worked for me.
But here's the problem. That element of the GOP base is so angry. They so badly just want certain issues addressed. They, you know, the guy could take off his clothes and defecate on a Bible. But heck, if he's going to run against Hillary and he t- says some good things about immigration, they're with him. And I'm not even making fun out of that. I get it. Believe me, I get it. But the bottom line is, you're not going to grow your base outside of that. And everyone else is going to be repulsed from you. And you don't have principles. You don't have consistency. You don't have character. You don't have money you're spending. You don't have ads. You don't have infrastructure. All you have is the media. All right. Now you're going to choke on that brand that got you. You know, primaries are very small, even in record turnout. Very, very small relative to the general election. It's a different universe. It was enough to get him that tactical victory. Tactical, you know, especially over Ted Cruz, who was hated by the media even more. But now, where are you? Oh, it worked for me in the primary. No, it won't. If you don't run ads knocking down Hillary's negatives, connecting the dots, and we have a list of 14 issues he could run ads on hanging around her neck, you will not win. This is not, oh, maybe he could pull off a miracle. Even if something happens, you know, um, revelations come out about Hillary that are even more damaging, he doesn't have a campaign on the ground to reap the windfall of that. That's the problem. <laughs> and don't don't talk to me about these rallies. I mean, Mitt Romney had big rallies, much bigger than Obama in his second term. Obama didn't have a lot of energy. Um, Walter Mondale had bigger rallies, too. I mean, it's a country of several hundred million, so even when you lose... In a landslide, you still get 40% of the vote. That's an awful lot of people. And yeah, I mean, he does have a devoted following. No one denies that. But that's very small. I mean, this is devastating. I'm just, I'm throwing this out there. Look, again, I'm focused more on the issues, fighting back in the states, starting a new party, which is something we're going to have to do, looking past this election, because there's nothing I can do. I can't force this guy, none of us can, to actually stay on message. We could cheer him on when he does stay on message, which we did. We're going to be consistent, but we can't force him to spend money he doesn't want to spend. I mean, what happened to this guy? Oh, I have so much money. I'm not going to be beholden by special interests. Where's that money? Was this all a con? I mean, that that's a big question. That That's a bigger deal than even the polling data. If you are not spending money in a general election, hitting the other side, and they, they, they have full control over the airwaves, you're going to lose. I mean, I don't want to hear this business, oh, I'm running a different type of campaign. That might have worked theoretically three months ago, but, I mean, the devil's in the details. The devil's in the evidence. He's losing states no Republican has ever lost. Losing demographics no Republican has ever lost. Because the messenger matters. You can't just jump on, oh, I hear this guy. Oh, suddenly this guy who was for amnesty his whole life is such, oh, man, now he's, now he's saying this. But then every word out of his mouth is a train wreck. The message matters. Again, you don't change your views in a general election. Of course not. But you got to present it passionately, intelligently, consistently. And you you illustrate the extremism of the other side. You don't... I mean, I couldn't believe it. Trump... And I, I praised this speech. He was saying good stuff in immigration. He said, I'm going to say something really extreme. We need extreme vetting. Extreme. He mentioned the word extreme five times. Are you sabotaging your own messaging? <laughs> There's nothing extreme about it. As I note in my book, get it online, Stolen Sovereignty at Amazon. I have an entire chapter on our history and tradition on immigration, our laws on immigration. We've never brought in people to our country that didn't share our values, that were a public charge, that um, you know believed in overthrowing our government. 
That's not radical. It's radical to bring in Islamic refugees like, like Germany is doing. Hang it around Hillary's neck. But again, you can't... For, no campaign could rise above the man himself, the candidate himself. This is where we're at, guys. I, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I could lie to you and say the polls are wrong. I could say he's going to you know, turn it around. I don't know. I don't know what you do there. Again, vote your conscience. Vote for who you want. But just understand that we need to build an enduring movement. Um, we're just about out of time here. I promise you guys, as Congress comes back after Labor Day, we're going to talk about some of these opportunities to stop focusing on personality and make it about the issues. We have a budget bill coming up. Imagine if Trump and Republicans, I know I'm being utopian here, but if they would actually come together and say, you know what, we're getting crushed here. Let's have a massive fight in September on Obama's giveaway of internet domains to China and Russia. Very dangerous thing. I want to discuss in, in, in future podcasts, some of my future writings of the next um, few weeks, if we have a budget fight over, we are not going to fund Obama's increase in refugees. Let the election be a referendum on that, not the clown show. Again, you can't change the messenger, but at least we could try to change the message to the extent that it overshadows the messenger. As always, I appreciate your thoughts and comments and prayers. Um, it's you guys. I, I you know emails and tweet me at armconservative that really gives me the encouragement to continue doing what I'm doing. It's it's tough times, but you know these are the times that try men's souls. But I just want to end with with the following thought. I some of you may maybe heard me say this before, but just to remember to continue being who we are. I want to quote to you from Justice Joseph Story, one of the greatest constitutional scholars, Supreme Court Justice from the 1830s. He said as follows, Let us never forget that our constitutions of government are solemn instruments, addressed to the common sense of the people and designed to fix and perpetuate their rights and their liberties. They are not to be frittered away to please the demagogues of the day. They are not to be violated to gratify the ambition of political leaders. They are to speak in the same voice now, and forever. They are of no man's private interpretation. They are ordained by the will of the people and can be changed only by the sovereign command of the people. Let's create our own vehicle to promote the timeless values, an innovative vehicle to promote timeless values, rather than change our values by continuing on the same failed strategies of the past that lead us to believe the values are the problem, and we have to just latch on to whatever fad you know comes up. We're either you know the stupid re tepid republicanism, or oh that didn't work, so now we're alt right, the alternative right. How about we follow the Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence? More on this next week. Thanks for listening, as always. Thanks for your time. God bless. This has been another episode of the Conservative Conscience.